Thank you, New York. Today, we're reminded of the power of community and the power of coming together. Athletes, on your mark. The first woman to finish for the second straight year here in the New York City Marathon is Mickey Gorman, a smiling Mickey Gorman, and why not? 2.29.30, the time for Gritterbikes. Look at the emotion of Shalane Flanagan as she comes to the line. Pointing to his chest, pointing to the USA. He so proudly wears across his chest. A great day for Mev Kapleski. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Set the Pace, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners. I'm Rob Similcare, the CEO of New York Roadrunners. Welcome in on another frigid week of January. It's been cold. All of you out there who've been getting your miles in during these cold temperatures in the New York area, much respect. It is not easy, and I know folks are still out there trying to get the miles in, and it's just you got to just keep going. It's not easy. We know it. This week, I am excited to be joined by a very special guest host. Meb Kofleski, we mentioned on last week's show, is traveling. He is off in Mumbai, India, where he attended the Mumbai Marathon. Incredible. Can't wait to hear from Meb when he gets back. But we are so excited to have the one, the only, Bex Gentry of Peloton fame joining us. Bex was an amazing guest of ours a few weeks ago. And if you don't know her story, go back and listen to that podcast where she talks about her journey from novice runner to elite runner. And now she inspires millions as an instructor on Peloton. Bex, it's so great to have you back as co-host on Set the Pace. Welcome. Thank you so much for that glowing introduction. <laughs> I am incredibly honored. Never in my life did I think I would get to actually fill Meb's spot in anything. So, wow, thank you. <laughs> we are thrilled to have you. You do such a great job with Peloton. You did a great job also as a member of our broadcast team for the 2023 TCS New York City Marathon. So, can't, so, so, so psyched to have you back. Plus, we've got a colleague of yours as our guest this week as well. We'll get to him in just a minute. So it was a perfect fit to have a little Peloton crosstalk on Set the Pace today as we're so excited to have Peloton be a part of the New York Roadrunners family. Bex, before we get to the guest, just want to update folks on everything going on at New York Roadrunners. Of course, there's a lot happening. As many of our listeners know, we had the drawing for the RBC Brooklyn Half Marathon last week. Congratulations to everybody who got in. Most people did get in. It's a great race. Starts in Prospect Park, ends on Coney Island. Now, we had a lot of demand for the race this year back, so unfortunately, a few folks did not get in. And I would just tell all those folks, don't give up. There's plenty of ways to run. You can actually still get an entry with Team for Kids, which is New York Roadrunner's official charity that benefits benefits all of our youth and community programs. As a member of TFK's Brooklyn Half Team, you'd get guaranteed entry to the race, access to coaching, and all the great uh, gear that we give as well. So there's still a chance to run the Brooklyn Half. And Bex, I don't know, have you, have you run Brooklyn? I have. I have. I love this race. I absolutely love this race. Starting in Brooklyn and finishing by the ocean, come on. I mean, and then if you are daring enough, you can take a little dip in the sea to rejuvenate those muscles. I mean, what more could you want? 
Absolutely. Last year, unfortunately, it wasn't very swimmable weather at the end. It was raining, but uh, most years we get a pretty nice day. So you get that nice warm weather. Absolutely. Running to the ocean is one of my favorite things to do. So congrats to everybody who got in. And for those who didn't, there's still a chance. So just go to nyr.org to check out ways to run. The Fred LeBeau Half Marathon will not be quite as balmy as our race in May, most likely. It's coming up this weekend. It's coming up uh, in Central Park, and we've talked about it. It's a challenging run, three loops around uh, the Harlem Hill. It starts up uh, uptown and finishes up there as well. So great challenge, great way to get in shape in case you're training for a spring marathon, and I'll be there. So can't wait to see everybody at the finish line of the Fred LeBeau this weekend. One other thing I want to mention to folks, applications have just opened up for one of my favorite programs and a really impactful program we have at New York Roadrunners. It's called Run for the Future, and it's a program open to young women who are in 11th or 12th grades in New York City. And it's really for non-runners, Bex. This isn't for, you know, folks who have been running cross-country or track. It's for, you know, young women who are interested in learning about running. You get to join a group, you get mentors and training, and you train up to a 5K. Um, and that's how the program ends. So Bex, not sure if you know about it, but you you know the impact running can have, not just in your physical fitness, but your mental health, health and all of that. And it's a great opportunity for these young ladies to be involved. It really is. Run for the Future is something that I find hugely inspiring, being a mom to a baby girl at the moment. It is something I I hope is flourishing in cities all over the world where you can just, you, you don't have to run, as Rob just said, you don't have to have any experience in running, just maybe an interest in finding out what you as a runner might feel like. And you can come and join and just train up to that 5k with a group of like-minded potential new friends. I mean, it's so cool. I love it. I, I want to get more involved in it myself personally as well. If you know a young woman who would be interested, send them to nyr.org slash run for the future, where you can find the applications for that program. Okay, Bex, before we get to our guest, we also do a thing with Meb every week. It's called the Meb Minute. You may have heard it, where Meb gives a running tip. No Meb this week, so can we get like a, a Bex tip maybe at the end of the show today? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would be honored. Maybe something about... The United Half, maybe? We'll go with that. That would make uh, sense. Yeah, a little, little training tip for the half, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, okay, you think about that. We're going to plant that seed. We'll come back to it at the end of the show. But now, let's get to our guest. And Bex, of course, you are one of my favorite Peloton instructors, of course. But you're not alone. You guys have such a great roster of amazing, inspiring instructors. And this week, we are so thrilled to have one of your colleagues join us. He's your colleague, Beck. So why don't I get out of the way and let you introduce him? Oh my gosh. Thank you, Rob. Yes, we are thrilled this week to be joined by one of my fabulous Peloton colleagues, the one and the only Rad Lopez or Radichel Lopez. Your mom would appreciate the full name here. Raddy Rad. Um, if you don't know Rad, this is your introduction and you are going to love him. Um, Rad came onto the fitness scene just a few years ago as one of our uh, Pelotons, our inaugural strength training instructors. He is one of our strongest bilingual instructors and he is one of our first boxing instructors. Yep, that's right. Rad and shadow boxing. You can do it together. Um, Rad is a native of the Bronx. He's been raised by a single mom in a vibrant Dominican household. Rad has been described as both soft-spoken and resilient. 
His years of training as a boxer has helped him fall in love with fitness, and he is now bringing that to our global audience. Now, you can always see Rad at Peloton, of course, but as we are here today, and if you are an NYRR member, you might also see him at one of our many races. So this is just to name a few, but Rad recently ran the 2023 TCS New York City Marathon. He has also run the Fred LeBeau Half, the Joe Kleinerman 10K, the New Balance 5th Ave Mile, and the New Balance Bronx 10 Mile. So as you can tell, we have a lot of questions about how Rad balances strength training, boxing, and running, and how he brings it all to the world with such a great attitude. Rad, it is an honor <laughs> to welcome you to Set the Pace today. That is, I am humbled. I am honored. I am melting on the floor at that introduction so thank you thank you thank you so much i'm so uh happy to be here to join you and rob uh this is incredible and i you know love the nyrr community and i'm so happy to be a part of it so thank you so much for having me here rad welcome to set the pace we're thrilled to have you so i just want to get my head around your transition from boxing to running it's it's a it's an amazing thing but in a lot of ways, it makes sense. I mean, if you've ever watched the Rocky movies, right. right, you know that running is a huge part of how a lot of fighters train, right? So talk a little bit about, first of all, just boxing. Like, how did you get into that? And, 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 and what's your kind of origin story as an athlete? Oh, my God. Uh, so uh, I would, uh, let me just take you back. I was probably around seven, eight, around there. And, you know, I grew up in a, a Latino family and we, you know, we love getting together and celebrating any and all occasions, right? I, and I remember my family getting around um, big name fights. Like they would have Oscar De La Hoya and um, Tito Trinidad on the screen. And you know, they were all celebrating, they were all mingling, and I was the only one in front of the screen really watching these boxing matches. And I fell in love with the artistry of it, right? And, you know, one day I was 15 years old, I stumbled into one of my best friends brought me into a boxing gym, and it was, the rest was history. Uh, you couldn't, you couldn't peel me out of the boxing gym and I fell in love with it instantly. You know, I was in love with it before, but then the act of it and getting to really embed myself in the culture of it, in the culture of the gym, um, really took a hold of me. And that's where my boxing, you know, my boxing story starts. Um, as far as the transition from boxing to running, I believe that there wasn't really a very hard transition because boxing and running are practically married. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> um, so yeah, boxing and running, they're, they're practically married. And I, th I think the biggest transition for me was long distance running and running half marathons and running marathons. I think that was the biggest transition for me because in boxing, it's more about sprint, high intensity work, and then allowing yourself to recover and then sprint. And then, you know, like, like a quick three miles and then you're done. Um, so that was really, you know, that was really it for me. Transition, transitioning into long distance running, uh, was definitely one that I struggled with, but the mentality of a boxer, the mentality of, you know, that grit and grind that you pick up through boxing, that 
pushed me through the training for these intensive uh, races, these half marathons, these marathons. Uh, So that I believe is what really pushed me through. So let's talk about your your lifestyle, your your upbringing, um, with your incredible mama, who have I, I've had the pleasure of meeting many a time now, and she, as a mom, I want to hang out with your mom as much as I want to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, what we want to know is like how how has that Dominican household vibrancy? How does it influence your perspective on life and fitness? Oh, that's a great, great question. Um, I grew up, you know, again, with a single mom and a younger sister. So for me, I've always wanted to be part of a team, right? I've always wanted to almost not extract myself from my mom and my sister, but part of me felt like I had to find my way, you know, as the, as the only man in the house. And it was, it was tough to relate to my mom and my sister at times. So through sport, I found that, I found that, um, you know, I found something to really lend that competitive energy that I had within that I couldn't really, you know, like bolster around within the household. Um, So that was really you know, where it all stemmed from, I think. And I just, through sport, through the art of competition, through all of that, through that fire, through the energy that all of that brings, I fell in love with fitness. And it, it was it was very natural because I had to be fit to play baseball. I had to be fit to run up and down the basketball court. I 1,000% had to be fit to be in a boxing ring with someone on the other side, trying to do this exact same thing that I'm trying to do to them. Right. So that was really where it all comes from. And I think that, you know, not growing up from much, right. Let's start there. Being, you know, growing up in low income housing, growing up in the Bronx, growing up, seeing that my mom could only afford a couple noodles, right. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I tell the story all the time. It was like when, you know, come dinner time, she would just like melt cheese into the soup and made it a whole thing, right? Um, so me seeing that and seeing how hard she worked and seeing how like she was just barely making it by the skin of her teeth, that really lit a fire under me when it comes to, again, when it comes to competing, when it comes to chasing after my goals, when it comes to, you know, running a tough race, when when I'm not even halfway through the race and I'm like, damn, this is tough. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it to the end of this race, right? That mentality, that, you know, struggle that raised me still pushes me till this day, right? And it's something that without that, Without that perspective, I wholeheartedly feel that I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now. Um, and there's something to say about, you know, me. It's like uh, I'll accomplish one thing and then I want the next thing, right? I've, I've, I've finished this race and then I'm thinking about the next one, right? Because I remember, I remember saying, listen, I remember saying after the Chicago Marathon, I remember saying, or, or rather, Prior to the Chicago Marathon, I know how hard it was to train. I was like, "Man, I, that's tough. I don't know how I'm going to complete. How I'm going to do another one, right?" Because I had New York coming in in another four weeks. I was like, "I don't know how I'm going to do another one," knowing the training that went into Chicago. Uh, so I finished the Chicago Marathon, and then I'm like, "Okay, what's next? Let's go." It's like that that 
never satisfied feeling that keeps me going. Um, and I'm learning how to be satisfied, which is also very important. But there's that fire within me that's always burning, that's always looking to what's next. Because, you know, I can't let my mother's hard work, I can't let all the struggles that we went through, I can't let that just like fizzle out, right? I, I believe mm-hmm. I represent such a large community. I believe that I represent, you know, the boys that look like me, the girls that look like me, that the, the come from where we come from. You know what I'm saying? I believe that I represent them and I just can't let them down in that way. You know, um, I know that I, whether I inspire one person or hundreds of thousands of people, um, that's kind of my purpose, you know, and that fire is always going to burn within. Rad. In talking to you, I hear a theme that I hear with so many runners, which is goal setting, right? You you are always thinking about that next race, that next hurdle you want to clear. And that's such a, a common element among runners and also among successful people in general, right? And you talk about how when you were a kid growing up in the Bronx, you had a goal. Um, your goal you you talk about was to get out of the Bronx, right? And and so you've obviously gone on to do amazing things. How do you think that mindset that you had in boxing, that you have in running, that clearly you have in life of setting a goal and then working towards it has impacted your journey? It's what keeps us going. We love, you know, I think as humans, we just love being able to look forward to something. Right. We just love being able to feel like we're and maybe that's just for me, but I think that's like a human thing, you know? Um there's something about seeing something and being able to accomplish that. Um because it keeps us driven, right? And 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 I also think it's very important to make your goals attainable, right? If you're, if you're setting some, you know, I can't think about mile 26 before getting to mile two. Right. And, and that's kind of how I think about, you know, goal setting and whatnot, but it just keeps me driven. Simply said, it keeps me driven, allowing myself to, you know, set these goals and, and work towards it. And it makes us feel accomplished. It makes us feel, uh, valuable to some, to some degree. Um, so yeah, that's that's truly what it is. Simply said, it's, it's allowing yourself to goal set and getting after that no matter what. It means something when you get to that goal. It really does. And you, you've you shown that, Brad. I mean, I think back to a time when you told me you were not a runner, like categorically not a runner. And you did sprints and and some sort of running fitness for your boxing training, but a long distance race, I think you would have just laughed in my face. Um, I think I asked you if you wanted to go for a run when, we, when you first joined and you were like, maybe like a mile. <laughs> and now here you are. Like, How many races did you run last year? Uh, quite a few, quite a few. And, and, and you think about it, right? And it's like, Okay, we have official races with the roadrunners, but then the training that goes into it all for these races. Um, but that that it's it's the training that goes into, you know, right? It's and I love there's a saying that goes, you know, it's 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 the work that you do in the dark uh, 
that shows that comes up in the light, right? Um, and that that's that's how I think about it for these races, right? When you start, when you when you get to that corral, it's like you you think about all the you think about all those night races and all the or, or runs and all those runs that you did after work after doing a hard leg day and teaching a, a leg class, you know. Um, so yeah, just a ton, just a ton. We're to a point where. It was just on autopilot. Like I would just get out there, and it's on autopilot. I forgot. I'm like, oh, I just did ten miles. Whoa, that was cool. Like, don't even remember. Yeah, I remember watching on your social and seeing you up in the dark, literally four a.m. getting miles in before you came into the studio to teach. And early on in your training, we had a conversation about one of your concerns, which is a really common concern with runners who come from more of a strength background or more strength experience, let's say, where the, they're concerned about running negatively impacting their strength. Um, we had this conversation where you were like, am I going to lose my strength capability the more miles I do? And I think between your coach, between you and I and all of our colleagues together, you managed to figure out a really great understanding that you may lose somewhat of your strength but what you gain is something new and something a new goal as you were saying something new that you were accomplishing so how did you get your head around that once you started training for these half marathons and full marathons a lot of it went into the you know into just making time right and Sometimes we believe that there aren't enough hours in the day, but, you know, it's all about carving out the time. So, you know, if, if I'm setting out to run all these miles, I also want to make time to, you know, do a little strength training and do things that are going to complement my running, right? And also, and with that comes nutrition as well. Um, so just carving out the time to make sure that you're fully prepared or just there. there's an all aroundness around the training, right? So it's all about, um, you know, getting your miles in and doing the strength training that's going to complement your running and, and making sure your nutrition is on point. And also my favorite part about all of it was the recovery. That was something that I was like, I can't miss a recovery day, right? And that was truly my favorite part because it allowed me to bounce back into my strength training. It allows me, it allowed me to bounce back into my running, into all of it. So just carving out time and really um, making it a priority uh, was incredibly important, you know? You know, Rab, the, the relationship between running and strength training, I think is so interesting. I, I love both. I try to mix up my week, you know, three, four days of running, at least one day a week of strength. I feel it makes such a difference in the way I feel in general, as well as the way I run. Can you talk more about that and, you know, how you advise your your followers, the folks who work with you and work out with you on Peloton or elsewhere, how to balance that? And, you know, if you're training for a half or for a marathon, what are you doing? How often are you lifting? What kinds of, of, of exercises are you doing from the strength perspective to both make sure you're healthy in general, prevent the running injuries, right? And, and also maximize your performance. 
So it's all relative to, okay, let's say I'm running 10 miles today. I'm going to try my best to run the 10 miles and then recover. But on days that I'm running two miles or three miles, I then supplement that with, you know, working on uh, my hip strength, working on strengthening uh, my ankles and making sure that the mobility is all good there, working on strengthening my hamstrings and legs and quads and all of it. So it's all relative to what we're doing on that said day. If I'm going for a long run, I'm just really going to try to recover right after it. If I'm going for a short run, I'll try to complement that with some strength training. Uh, again, working on my core, working on all those little things that you're going to feel throughout the race. And for me, it was a lot, it was a tightness in the hips. So I knew that I had to keep those mobile, keep those loose, and most importantly, really just strengthen those. Um, and that was it, you know, that's it for me, all relative to what we're going to do on that day. So ready, I've got a quick question about the, the complementary side of running. As you said, it's like peanut butter and jelly, as you guys say, jam, as I say, um, they go together if you like that kind of thing. And when you were getting to your peak running training, so leading up to Chicago and New York marathons, you were still boxing. You were still going down to Gleason's. You were still getting in your sessions with your crew. And I think I've always wanted to ask you if you felt the benefits of that higher cardio ability in your boxing, like, were you able to just get in the ring and shadow box, get on the bag and go for a bit longer than you had before and be like, Ooh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, being able to run all those miles and being able to get out there and have fun, you know, throughout the races really lent a strong hand into my boxing training so much so that, you know, I'd be going off on that heavy bag and going for power punches and speed and moving, you know, the defensive movements and all that. And starting to get, it started to get a little annoying afterwards, right? Cause you get a, you go in the boxing gym and you're like, okay, I'm here to work. I'm here to feel it. And all this running that I've been doing, it took me to like 15 rounds on the heavy bag and like 12, 15 rounds in sparring where I'm like, I don't feel it. I don't feel an ounce of fatigue. Like I'm, I can do this all day. Um, <laughs> so it really, truly helped my boxing um, and balancing, you know, the strength training, the boxing, the running, all of it, you know, throughout my week made me feel almost superhuman. Right. And I, and I, and, and I owe it all to boxing, uh, to running and also, Aside from the physical, the physical um, benefits that running gave me, it was also the mental clarity that I found, you know, running through the streets of New York City, running through Brooklyn, running through Queens, through Manhattan, all the mental clarity that running brought me and the endorphins that running brought me, it brought me just was incredible. I was able to just float through my day after a good run. Rad, it reminds me what you're saying of, did, did you see the, the article? There were some, some articles about Taylor Swift and how she got ready for her concert tour. And she would get on a treadmill and sing her songs. Like she would go through the whole set list while on the treadmill. 
And, and that's how she's able to perform the way she does. Right. So rad, it's the same thing. Like you get that, that sort of, um, cardio capacity built up through running, which you're talking about using in boxing. I mean, I, I can feel it when I go skiing with friends, you know, even at 10,000 feet of altitude, like I feel so much better than I would have if it weren't for all the running. Right. Right. It's incredible. The benefits are just like, what is <laughs> put an s on my chest after that <laughs> it's amazing so what about the other way how does boxing play into your running uh if you're out there trying to battle through a, a marathon course you ran the 2023 tcs new york city marathon i know at any given point in a marathon especially when you get into those last five or six miles you feel like you're in a fight you know you you feel like it's it's really a battle to get to the finish line what are the lessons you take from your boxing that you bring into your long distance runs? Well, you said, you said, you said, uh, when you're in uh, mile five or six, but for me, it was, you know, I thought thinking back on the New York marathon, I thought the Bronx was going to be my high and mighty, like moment to shine and going into the Bronx was kicking my ass like going up those hills going into the bronx was kicking my ass and that's where that mentality came in right when you're in the boxing ring when you go in in, in boxing training you often tend to, to think about your why and it's something that i that i always stress in class it's like when you start to think about the purpose when you start to think about why you're doing something, when you start to think about who you do it for and what's behind you, who you represent and all of these things, then your your body just takes a different form almost. It's like it pushes you through. So going into the Bronx, you know, I was struggling just before. And then I go into it and I'm watching, you know, or looking at all the people uh, just cheering for me. And I remember, you know, walking all those streets as a kid and as a teenager. And I, that mentality of boxing and thinking about your why and just grinding your teeth through it and just clenching your jaw and making sure that you're getting through it. And it's like, you're, it's tunnel vision at that point. Right. And, and, and again, seeing what my why was and running into the Bronx, even though I was struggling that was the best push that I could have ever had. Rad, talking of your why, uh, in your Peloton classes and on your social, you talk about family, you talk about your mom, your sister a lot and how they give you strength and how you do a lot for them in um, direct and indirect ways. Now, we have the Fred LeBeau marath half marathon coming up this weekend, which you ran last year. You ran that quite significantly quite significantly with familia written on your hand so can you just talk to us a little bit about how your family have been a source of support to you and how important they are to you in your athletic pursuits whatever you're doing so I believe that you know in my community and the community that I grew up in fitness and running wasn't really at the forefront of our culture. Mental health, physical well-being, you know, all of these things were, weren't at the forefront of my culture and, and of my community. So when I think back, like 
pause there and let's just go back to just my mom struggling and, and working at like unheard of hours. That alone is enough to make me run through a wall, right? There's no way I'm going to let this woman, this, this lady down. But also, you know, just understanding that I'm part of a movement to change the narrative of how my community views health as a whole really keeps me going. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's a mission that me and a lot of the, I know a lot of guys and a lot of, uh, and a lot of girls that are really pushing this narrative through. And that truly is what motivates me to keep going. It's what motivate what motivates me to keep reaching new heights to show the people that are in my community and the people that are growing up in the in the community that I grew up in to show them that there is no limit to how far we can take this, and to, to show them that you know it's okay to run and it's okay to take care of your body and it's okay to take care of your mental health, right? And it's up to me and a lot of other, you know, front runners that are in this community to keep going and to keep carrying that flag and to keep carrying that torch. Rad, I love your your message. I love the fact that you talk about the, the mental health components of this, which, you know, is a real issue in in a community that's got challenges. It's it's really difficult when you are from a family that maybe only has one income earner working multiple jobs and you know everybody's under stress right and and it's hard a lot of the time for people in that situation to prioritize things like exercise and running when there's just no time um talk about the work you're doing trying to bring this kind of messaging back to the bronx you work with a number of community organizations there. Of course, New York Roadrunners, we love the Bronx. Not only do we come through there on marathon day, but we run other races. The Bronx 10 miler, one of my favorites and others there. Talk about the work you're doing now with the success you've achieved and trying to bring some of this mentality back to the Bronx where you grew up. Um, so my message in classes is one that you know, I say with pride and again, just being able to just simply say and talk to my community and tell them, you know, that it's all possible and that we can keep going and that we can do all the things. Um, I think that is very foundational, but I also work with WEDCO, um, which is the Women's Housing and Economic Development Corporation up in the Bronx. And, you know, around the holidays, we bring um, with, there's a toy drive. We give, um, you know, the, along with the Peloton community, the Peloton community gives all of these things to Wedco. And, you know, a, alongside that, the toy drive and all of it and the gift giving, we also host a fitness class in their development, which is incredible to me because, you know, seeing people that I grew up with and seeing people that don't normally jump into the gym or, or go for a run, move their bodies in all these ways, uh, really brings joy and purpose to everything that I do. Um, so again, just with preaching the word of mental health and physical health and, and, and naturally showing up in my community and 
inspiring people and motivating people and, you know, aiding people to get to moving and to get to doing all these things, I think goes a really, really long way to, you know, just get the ball going and get the ball rolling in the right direction. Now, that is something I love about you is your 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 love for the Bronx, but your willingness to give back is um, just really inspiring. I think from day one, you you're a quiet one at work, but that doesn't mean your heart isn't one of the biggest that I've I've ever come across. And I know one of your quotes that you've said a lot: "Forget about motivation. Motivation comes and goes. Rely on consistency." Is important to you because it's true it's it really is true and you know as rob said it it does it does take a lot to train consistency takes a lot to form but going back to what you said at the top of this that that never satisfied feeling is kind of where consistency comes from that want for more that hunger to continue growing and thriving on your own two feet and can you just talk a little bit about how you're spreading that that motivation slash aim for consistency to not just peloton but to the people in the bronx as well that you're working with i think first you know first it's very important to note that we're human right and we all go through those through those times where it's like, man, I don't want to get up this early. And it's like, man, I don't feel like going to the gym. And it's like, man, I don't feel like stepping foot out the door. It's too cold. This, 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 that is the first, like, there are millions of excuses out there. Right. So it's very important to note that I go through this too. Right. We all go through this. We all go through our funks. But when we ground ourselves in consistency, in understanding that, even though we don't want to do it, we just got to get out there and do something, right? And, and the motivation there for me comes from, you know, let's bring this back to my mother and where I grew up. It, it comes from like, she didn't, she, my mom had did not have a choice. Like she had to get up every day, like clockwork at whatever time, sometimes three in the morning. I remember taking uh, the New New Jersey bus to like some sewing factory out in New Jersey at like three in the morning so she could get to work. I remember taking that trip with her. And I think about those days and it's like, she had no choice, right? So that motivates me, you know, to, to, or, or rather let's take the motivation word out of it. That keeps me grounded in consistency. In sometimes we don't want to do it, but we got to do it anyway. Sometimes we don't want to lift up a dumbbell, but we got to do it anyway because we know that the end goal, or rather, or, or rather, the goal is out there, and we got to get to it one way or another. Sometimes we have to give ourselves no choice but to get up and do that thing, and that is a lot of you know uh, that takes up a huge part in my style of training. It's like just let's just do it. Forget about all the excuses that we can possibly make up. Let's just do it because we know that at the end, we're going to feel better and it's good for us. Right? <laughs> Rad, what you're saying reminds me of, of uh, Mebka Flesky and what he talks about when he ran his first marathon and didn't have a good day, 
really struggled, got to the finish line and was like, I'm never doing this again. And then he went back to Eritrea where he's from and he saw the lives people were living there. He connected or reconnected with, you know, all the huge challenges that his family had had when he was growing up and how hard it was for them. And it just put in perspective what hard is, right, for him and what a real challenge is. And 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 that is what he credits for getting himself to try again, right? And run a marathon again. And of course, we all know how that ended, winning the New York Marathon, winning the Boston Marathon, becoming an icon. So it's that perspective that sometimes you get from the struggles that your family has been through that makes those challenges running a race or cramping up or whatever really fit into a lot of perspective. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I think, you know, being coming from that really gets, you know, really lights a fire under me. And it, it, there's just so much to say on it. But the sheer fact of some folks just don't have a choice, right? And we, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, let's go, let's go, let's go do it. There are so many, uh, there's so many instances where you can say it could be so much worse, right? And, and, and just driving yourself to get to that, to that goal that you set, no matter what stands in front of you, is something that is going to forever keep me going. It's not about motivation because we're not always motivated to do the thing. It's about consistency. When grounding, when you ground yourself in that, there's no way that you know anything else can possibly jump in front of it. When it's all about consistency, there's no way that anything else can possibly just jump in front of that and and kill your vibe, you know. And now I'm going to put you on the spot. We're talking about how much you give back to um, other people in the world in the ways that you do. You, Rad. What are your goals? What are your fitness goals? But I mean, obviously, we kind of really actually want to only know what your next running goal is. <laughs> um, so I do have a half marathon coming up in March. At the end of March, um, I have a half marathon coming up for that. So I've been, you know. Uh, the United Airlines NYC half. All right. We can't wait to uh -huh. see you at the starting line. Uh -huh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And, you know, I take the confidence of having run a marathon into that. And that wait, I take the confidence of having run a marathon into everything I do these <laughs> days. It's like I go into, I go into the, the grocery store and I'm like, I've run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, that, I'm jumping into uh, the United Half this year. And I hope to run the New York City Marathon again. Um, I'm really aiming for those six medals and those six majors. I think that's really um, a goal of mine. I really want to get to do that. Um, so, yeah. I'm down here this week meeting with the heads of the other five Abbott World oh, Marathon majors. So, Rad, I'm going to tell them you're coming. Okay, I'm going to tell Please. them London, Berlin, Tokyo, Rad is coming, and he's going to have that confidence. Ready? Please, get please yourself do. in my suitcase and come to Tokyo with me. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to. 
<laughs> Make sure it's comfy in there. We've got to get it in before uh, Sydney's added in as well, before they become seven. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Well, add, hey, add it in. I'm down. Add it in. I'm down. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always up for a challenge. Rad. It's been great talking to you. Um, so what's your message to the, to the folks who follow you on? I know you got a lot of followers on Peloton, on social media, um, folks back in the Bronx where you grew up. What's, what's your message? What's, what's your, what do you want to leave them with when it comes to why you run? For mental clarity. There's, you know, there's so many things that can get cluttered in there and, and so many things that can fog the way you think and running just does it for me. Running clears the way, like parts to see for me and allows me to think clearer and allows me to go about my day with an energy, with, with a, a high on endorphins that, you know, allows me to make better decisions, allow me to, allows me to have better conversations, allows me to just do it all really in a, in, in a much better mental state. So at the very least, just run for yourself run, you know, and have fun with it. I, take away the pressures of running. Just have fun with it. Throw a playlist on that you love. Throw your favorite song on. I've done that so many times. It's like listening to the same song over and over. But throw a good playlist on and just have a great time. Put one foot in front of the other. Have a great time and just do it because you can. Oh, we love that. We love a good playlist. Red, thank you so much for joining us today on Set the Pace. It's been a pleasure to talk to you in this setting and sharing all of your goodness with the world. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great honor to be on here with both of you. Both of you. You guys are incredible people. And I, uh, I'm honored to be in your presence today. Thank you, Rad. Appreciate you. Keep going. We'll see you at the starting line in March. Sounds good. Now we want to bring on an extraordinary New York Roadrunners member for this week's NYRR member moment. There aren't enough moments on this show to do justice to this member because he's 88 years old. Today's guest has run a total of 258 NYRR races, and he's the coach of his own club, VTOLD's Runners. You probably have seen them at races if you're a regular with us. They recently celebrated their 40th anniversary as a club, and it's my pleasure to welcome in a guy I've had a chance to meet and spend some time with as well, Vitold Bialakor. Vitold, it's great to have you on Set the Pace. Welcome. Pleasure. Vitold, you've been running with Roadrunners since 1982, uh, starting with the Fifth Avenue Mile back then. How did you first get into running, and what motivated you to to join your first NYRR race? Well, the history goes back to Europe, Poland, when I was a coach, prominent coach, and then due to all this escaping and whatever, getting to America, I forgot about running, and then here I found out there is a massive road running. So I joined the crowd and people started to go around me and that's the way a club started. And then young people found out that the system is working and they started to flock around me, like 20 or 30 of them. And that was, that's all I could handle at that time, running by myself. So that's how I got into it, running Fifth Avenue Mile for the first time. 
so my my prominent distance was in Europe mile 800 meters and a mile and sometimes 5k but I have I, over there the colony system uh, had enough runner but didn't have enough coaches with a good hand so they asked me to better be coach so I became after three years study of academy became a coach national coach and I had a good hand I had a two two times Olympian over there and a lot of Polish people representing the national team so that's a short history of how I got here Vitold, you you grew up in Eastern Europe uh, during World War II, experienced a lot of challenges there. How did those experiences uh, living in Europe at that time uh, shape who you are? And, and, and how did running really become a part of that? I was born and I survived the Second War when now is a war in Ukrainian exile with my parents. So there were... And my father was sent to Siberia. We left in the Ukraine where the war is now. So there was a matter of survival to hide and seek and uh, doing things, running, whatever. And then when he got back to Krakow, the German again caught up with us, retreating. So uh, again, the problem starts all over again, but not as severe as Ukraine or when you have in dugout to survive in the field winter so that's my childhood not necessarily very flashy but very practical and then you you, you made your way to the United States and you came in I believe it was 1970 we told you you took a about a 10-year break from running right before you started running again really it was in your mid 40s here in the states when you started to run again in New York. What, what after such a long break? Why did you decide to start running again? I finished Polytechnic of Krakow, a master's degree, and I was an engineer now. So, in, in order to establish myself, the running was not in, in my mind. The English and established as a professional engineer. I established English, 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 and then um, apply my profession, which when I establish it, uh, I turn into running. That happens because I in a forest park here in Central Park, I did see hundreds of people running, not like today, thousands and thousands, just hundreds running, and that's caught, uh, caught with me, and I, I joined the crowd. And then I since I have a natural instinct to be a coach, not exactly runner. I had a talent, but it was not my goal. But I wanted to be a coach and teacher, so that's my natural instinct. Yes, and you and you have coached a lot of runners with your your club, Vitold's Runners. Did you ever think that the club would get as big as it has gotten, and that it would last forty years and be kind of a mainstay of the the club scene? in New York when you first started VTOL's Runners? Well, I just started because that was the instinct. I didn't foresee anything like right now is. So, but uh, like I said, since my main uh, money producing system was engineering, 
I was lucky I had engineering to support myself. VTOLD, how many runners are in VTOLD's runners now, about? Uh, we're close to 30. That's that's a that's an amount we can handle. Yeah. Now now with with the help of uh, very I, I just speaking very talented captain Alan Navi, so we we handle it. So I, I physically I, I'm not participant in practice too much. Uh, just giving the instruction and whatever. Well, Vitold, I know that your runners love you. Uh, I've met many of them at races. They proudly wear your jersey. Uh, so congratulations on the 40th anniversary of Vitold's runners. Uh, congratulations on your incredible uh, run, as it were, as a runner, as a coach, and as a member of New York Roadrunners. We love you, Vitold. It's great to hear from you. And uh, we want to keep seeing you out there at as many races as we can going forward. So all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. A great story there of perseverance and giving back and, and running for life. Vitold, thank you so much. Great to have you on Set the Pace. Now let's shift to looking ahead, Bex, and the United Airlines New York City half coming up at the end of March. We heard from Rad that he's running it. We know you're not running it, Bex, because we're putting you to work that day on our broadcast team, so you'll be busy working for Roadrunners, but you you know what it takes to get ready for a half marathon like this, whether it's a first-time challenge for someone or a repeat. What are your tips right now about folks starting to really get serious about getting ready for that half? Right. It's coming up so soon, and... It's notoriously quite a chilly day here in New York. I am keeping my fingers crossed that it's not. But I would say my my actual coaching tip here is for the next few weeks, practice starting out your run in layers that you can remove. Because a lot of people get caught up in, they can't take off the layers and then they get overheated or they don't have the right amount of layers or level of layers on. So practice over the next couple of weeks of just running and removing your layers. You can Chuck them off to the side. They will be donated to great causes if you want to say goodbye to them or layer them up tied around your waist because that can still keep those vital organs a little bit warmer around your midsection as well. So that's a big tip for a cold day race because you're starting early, you're finishing a bit later in the day when the temps has hopefully hopefully come up. (laughs) And then one mental tip I love, love, love to give people running this beautiful race is The toughest part, I think, is the Manhattan Bridge. The lead up to the Manhattan Bridge is a steep run. It's it's incline. But you have to look at the glory you are running towards. And it doesn't matter which way you look. You look left and you see Brooklyn Bridge and the Statue of Liberty. You look right and you see uptown into Manhattan or the skyscrapers. And just take a moment to enjoy where you are because it may suck. You may be in pain on the Manhattan Bridge incline, but if you just glance left or right, in that moment, I guarantee you'll have some calm and some clarity that will get you to the top of the bridge, then down into Manhattan and you're pretty much done. I love that advice. I just love the view from the Manhattan Bridge. It is one of the best views in New York, especially looking left, seeing the Brooklyn Bridge, seeing the downtown skyline, it is special. And uh, I love that. You know, be in the moment, right? You got you to gotta be there. That's why we do it is to have those moments. So love that advice. 
And uh, good luck to everybody out there who's getting ready. I know you, we know you're putting in the work during these cold, cold weeks. And so we see you out there. We know you're coming. We can't wait to see you all in March for the United Airlines NYC half. Want to thank once again the great Rad Lopez, a great conversation with Rad. You can find him, of course, at Peloton. Also, thanks again to Vitold Bialakur, who celebrated his 89th birthday last week and was our member guest this week. A reminder to our listeners, you can still run the RBC Brooklyn Half as a member of Team for Kids. We've got the link to that in the show notes. So if you didn't get in or you still want to run, didn't apply for the drawing, check it out. And we'd love to see you in Brooklyn. Don't forget, leave a rating and a review for Set the Pace on whatever platform you're listening to the show on. Bex, so great to have you as my co-host this week. I loved it. Hope to have you back again soon. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Good luck to everybody running all these amazing races. All right. Thank you, Bex. Thanks to everybody out there. We have reached the finish line of this episode of Set the Pace. We will see you next time. Happy running.